So kind of switch gears here. How many of you guys were here last week when we were sharing a little bit about this coming year, what we've been feeling like the Lord was saying? Anybody? Yeah? Um, I, I kind of want to uh, expand a little bit more on that and what the Lord's been kind of speaking to me about that and and really some plans that we have for this coming year, you know. Um, you know, because... How, how many of you guys know, like, our, the kingdom of God isn't necessarily about politics. I know, you know, we're not looking for the government of the United States to bring revival to our nation, right? <laughs> the kingdom of God is continuing to move forward. Does that make sense? The kingdom of God is not, he is not stopping work. You know, it's continuing to, the increase of his government shall have no end, Right? He's continuing to move forward, even in the midst of like the craziness that's kind of going on in our country right now. So um, we're going to continue to move forward. We're going to continue to contend, you know, that word that Paige had for this election. But we're also going to continue to partner with God to see the kingdom of heaven to come here to Wilmington or wherever you are, wherever God has planted you. Um, and just to kind of review, if you weren't there last week, we were sharing a little bit about what the Lord uh, has been showing us for this coming year, and um, and we've we've been having dreams. I've, I've had multiple dreams now um, where the Lord is basically saying, this coming year, we're going to see, we're going to really begin to reap the harvest of the lost. And... Um, and I've talked to a lot of you. A lot of you guys have kind of talked to me afterwards, and uh, kind of sharing that you've been getting the same thing. And uh, I think I was talking, Lonnie. I think I was talking to you. You said there's like been like an, just an unusual grace with like your non-believer friends, just talking with them, opening up to you. And uh, that's awesome. I expect that this year. You know, this shaking that's going on right now. God's shaking all the stuff that non-believers have been holding on to. And that we've been holding on to as well. The church has been holding on to the things that we shouldn't have been. Do you know what I'm saying? And um, and when that happens, there's a lot of just like questioning of like, what is going on? Why am I here? What is the purpose of life? You know, all this stuff is kind of going through people's minds during this time. And this is the time when they become open to hear the gospel message. So I want to encourage you guys with that. And... Um, now, in order for that to take place, how many of you guys know that, like, the uh, pastors and, like, the leader, like, the, you know, heads of churches or whatever, they aren't necessarily going to be able to handle this coming harvest? <laughs> they aren't. They need the body. You know, we've, we've had things a little bit flip-flop for quite a while, and things have gotten a lot better, you know, where where ministry is expected to come through only the, like, you know, the pastor of the church. You know, that's not the biblical model, right? The pastor, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, uh, you know, they're actually called not necessarily to do that, but they're actually called to do the equipping of the body, who then the body is supposed to be doing the work of the ministry. Right? Ephesians 4, 12, 11, 12, 13 talks about that. And that's what we're about. And, and there has been a reforming of the church. I really believe in the probably the past hundred years, 
It's been kind of slow, but it's really been accelerating, I believe, in the past 20 years, where that I think God, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to the church and has been kind of waking them up to the fact of like, hey, you better wake up here because the harvest that is coming, it needs all hands on deck. It needs everybody. How is a pastor, pastor of, a, of a church going to disciple a thousand people? It's impossible. But you have like a body of a hundred that is equipped with the, to do the work of the ministry, to train, to equip, to disciple. They could easily handle a thousand people. That's what I'm talking about. This is what is going to be coming our way. There is going to be a massive harvest. And God wants us to be preparing. You know? We we want to be like, what, the the wise virgins, right? We want to be ready when he comes and when he shows up. And um, so anyway, I feel like he's really just encouraging us this year. I mean, that's always been our ministry, our, like, our our vision, you know, here uh, at the church is to, we're in Ephesians 4, 12 church. We want to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And obviously COVID's kind of like messed that up a little bit. I mean, we've been trying to do that through home groups and, and through other avenues. But uh, this coming year, we're going to set up some other things to, to really uh, help to equip the body to do the work of the ministry. And... Um, so, you know, and the Lord, is, he gave me a verse, like, concerning this. Um, and this is kind of, there's a lot of uh, stuff uh, I'm going to try to hopefully pull together here. Um, but if you got your Bibles, let's turn to Numbers eleven twenty nine, And this is kind of a, a key verse here that, I, I, that he's been speaking to me about it. And uh, I feel like... really where his heart is concerning what's coming. All right. So Numbers eleven twenty nine, And it says, uh, But Moses replied, Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And then Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. So this, I know this is kind of a, a random scripture kind of pulled out, but just context there, um, you know, Moses was kind of, he was actually, he was overwhelmed by the need of all of the Israelites, okay? And he was literally crying out to the Lord, Lord, this is too much. I, I can't do it everything. I can't, can't do it all. And so the Lord tells him to call up leaders and um, tells them, I'm just this very uh, short paraphrase because I know we're, we're a little short of time here. But, um, and they, he calls them to the tent of meeting and they begin uh, like the, the Holy Spirit that's on uh, Moses is then put on these leaders to help lead the Israelites. And then as soon as the Holy Spirit comes on them, they begin to prophesy. All right. Now there were two leaders that didn't show up to the meeting (laughs) and uh, they were still in the camp, but they still uh, got a, a portion of the Holy Spirit and they began to prophesy in the camp. 
And then there was reports, hey, these guys, they're prophesying in the camp. What's going on? Moses, stop them. You know, uh, actually, um, it's Joshua who came up and said, Moses, you got to stop them. They're prophesying in the camp. And then this is Moses' Moses's response. Are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. This is a powerful verse. And I'm going to break it down. I'll kind of talk to you guys through it. Now, there's a couple things there. Moses, he wasn't just kind of like flippantly saying this. He was actually prophesying to what was coming. Okay? And, um, you know, Joel 2.28, it says, and I'm going to show you here, Joel 2.28 says, And afterward I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And then we see that fulfilled in Acts 2, verse 15. For these men are not drunk, as you imagine, for it is only the third hour of the day. But instead, this is the beginning of what was spoken through the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. So Moses was actually prophesying of the coming new covenant. He had it in his heart. I believe he actually saw it. He saw it prophetically, what God's heart and his intent was. It was that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh and that they would prophesy. Now, and he was doing this out of a time when he was overwhelmed. He didn't, there was so much work, there was so much, much ministry to be taking place that he didn't, he couldn't do it all. Does that make sense? We are going to be in that season. It's coming. There's going to be so much work, there's going to be so much ministry that needs to take place that all will need the Holy Spirit and all will need to prophesy. Does that make sense? All right. So why did Moses say this? Well, he understood the heart of God. It wasn't just like he just wanted a bunch of prophets wandering around prophesying and saying, "Thus say it, Lord." No, there's <laughs> sometimes when we think about prophecy, that's what we think about. We think about this like guy in a big long beard with a staff, and he's just like kind of weird, and he kind of says stuff that doesn't make any sense and talks in symbolism, and you know what I mean. And, and we kind of like mystify it, but really, and you guys have, who have been here for a while know that prophecy is intimacy. Prophecy is intimacy. It's dialogue. It's dialogue with the Father. It is what I believe Adam had before the fall. When he would go and he would walk in the cool of the night or the, and, and he would just walk with the Lord in the garden and he would just talk. He would just have a dialogue with the Father. Guess what? That was God's heart and his intent from the very beginning. And that's what he was want, he's wanting to restore us in that relationship. So Moses, he understood this. He understood that the heart, he understood the heart of God, that God wanted his kids to be restored in close relationship, the kind of relationship that he had with man before the fall. 
You know, Moses knew that if they experienced the same intimacy that he experienced, that they would be completely ruined for everything else. That they would see and taste how awesome he was, and they wouldn't want anything but him. He knew it because it happened to him. One of my favorite scriptures, Exodus 33, 11, says that, that God would speak to Moses face to face. We sang it today as a man speaks with his friend. Moses experienced this intimacy. He, he experienced this dialogue that he had with the Lord. And he, he wanted it for the rest of the people there. Just because, because he knew, man, if you just tasted of this guy, of this God, of this Jesus, you would be ruined for everything else. You know, and then um, the other reason I believe that um, that Moses, he, he said this thing is because he saw the calling of the nation to be a kingdom of priests. And this is from Exodus 19, 6, that the, the Israelites, they were actually called to be a kingdom of priests, all of them, you know? And what does the New Testament say about the church? What are we called? Kingdom of priests and kings. We're called to rule and we're called to reconcile, okay? He saw, you know, remember, the, uh, Israel is a shadow of what the church is supposed to be. You know, it was just, it was pointing to this new covenant that was coming. You know, so anyway, so Moses saw this. And that's why he said that. He said, he was basically saying, this is coming. The Holy Spirit is going to be poured out on all flesh. And then your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy, confirmed in Joel 2, and then actually coming to pass in Acts 2. Does that make sense? So prophecy, you know, it's, and like I was saying before, it's not necessarily about like, just the power and, and like wowing people and just like, uh, that stuff's cool. You know, making somebody cry because you got some crazy accurate word, you know, like it's not about that. It's about intimacy with the Father. It's about that dialogue opening up between you and the Father. Father, what are you doing? I'm going to partner with what you're doing. Okay. All right. So, um, so this kind of goes into kind of uh, really some of the stuff the Lord had been speaking to me when um, Heather and I, when we moved out here to Wilmington, you know, we were asking the Lord, you know, first off, Lord, are we supposed to move here? And, um, and I, I kind of shared some stories with you guys before about it. And, um, you know, he, he confirmed it through a dream and uh, it really kind of like nailed it home. Uh, I, was, I was asking the Lord, I actually wanted to go uh, in the school of ministry. The second year was actually like an intern program. So you kind of would like go to different, you kind of would just intern at different ministries throughout the country, really. And um, I actually wanted to go to the Wilkesboro Church. I felt the Lord was calling me to go to the Wilkesboro Church. The Morning Star has a church in, in Wilkesboro. And, um, and Heather felt like she was supposed to, to come here. 
and uh, an intern with Rick Stoger's ministry, you know, First Fruits, and um, you know, to minister to the homeless and, and to um, to women. And uh, I was like, I don't know, but I don't know if I don't know if this you're hearing right, Heather. <laughs> and uh, but I told her, I was like, but pray, ask the Lord. I don't want to influence what you're hearing, and and you know, I don't want you to be influencing what I'm hearing. And uh, we actually, it's funny, we, we went to the, the school, the director of the school, and we were kind of like, we told him what we were getting. And he was kind of like, mm, I think that's a little bit of a problem. <laughs> Wilmington and Wilkesboro are like kind of two different places. And, you know, and he encouraged me to, to come out here and uh, to lead worship for a Sunday. And um, so I did. And, uh, and I came back, and I still wasn't totally sure. And I was just asking the Lord, Lord, you got to talk to me about this. And um, and I had this dream. Um, in the dream, I was uh, I was actually here at the church, and um, we were like there was like worship going on, and then this guy comes to the front of the church and he starts saying, "I got a word from the Lord. I got a word from the Lord." And uh, he starts reading it, and he says, "You know, three something something three twenty eight. And he just begins to read it, and it was about commission Joshua, you know, all this stuff. And I immediately woke up, and I remembered it clear as day. It was like I was there, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, man, I, I didn't remember the scripture. All I remember was 328, okay? I was like, okay, something about Joshua and 328. So I just started looking through the books of the Bible where, you know, there was Joshua in it and looked at chapter 3, verse 28. And I eventually fell to um, Deuteronomy 3.28. You know, it says, But commission Joshua, encourage him, strengthen him, for he shall go across leading the people, and he will give to them an, as an inheritance the land which you will see. And I was just like, whoa. That was, I know this is you, God. You know, and um, so we came out here. Um, you know, because of this, but but before we left, we had this this other kind of crazy happening. I worked at, uh, so with school of ministry, you get a part-time job, you know, so you can kind of survive, sort of. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, Heather and I, the first thing we could get, we couldn't get any jobs anywhere, but we got a job at Bilo. Does anybody know where Bilo is, a grocery store? And, uh, and, you know, making like minimum wage and like, I mean, we were living by total faith. And um, I remember I was I ran the the cash register like a couple uh, weeks after I had this dream, and we had already made a decision we're going to Wilmington and all that. And this crazy thing happened. This uh, this older gentleman, he comes up and he and he buys one thing. I can't remember what it was. He bought one thing, and um, he paid cash, and I gave him three dollars and twenty eight cents and change. Immediately after, this other older gentleman comes up right after him, and he buys one thing. He gives me cash, and I give him $3.28. Uh, and then I was just kind of like, what just happened? Like, is this the Matrix? You know, like, did I see, like, a blip in the Matrix or something? And, um, and I was like, what in the world happened? And immediately, the Lord said, it was the dream, Deuteronomy 3.28. And I was like, and I just kind of was like listening, you know, to the Lord about it. And he's like, those old, the older gentlemen that were coming by, they were symbolizing Moses. And he began to open it up about how like this model, the Moses model was passing 
in this Joshua model was going to like be taking its place. And um, so I was just like kind of floored. And, uh, and the Lord just like, you know, I, I kind of prayed through it and, and, um, and uh, really spent some time with the Lord about it when we were coming here and about what he wanted to do here. And, um, and he kind of opened it up a little bit. I just want to go through it just a little bit today um, because I really believe it's, it's what we've been trying to do and I think what he, he wants us to continue to work on and it's what we've been talking about and it's to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. But to do it out of complete dependency and relationship with him. And um, see, and you know, we talked about it a little bit before um, the church has kind of flip-flopped the model a little bit. Um, and I don't want to, you know, the, the, the Moses model is really the church um, kind of flipped from, let's just start from like Pentecost until maybe around the Dark Ages. They were really operating in this this model where the the church does the work of the ministry, where the apostles and the prophets are equipping people. They're going out. You're seeing all these stories. You read Acts. You see all of these everyday people moving in tremendous power, sharing the gospel and reaping the harvest. Right? For example, Stephen. Stephen was a waiter of tables. Any any waitresses or waiters out here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But he was used mightily. They said great signs and miracles were done by his hand. This is the model of the church. This is what God's heart was from the very beginning. For us to walk in the authority and in the power of the Holy Spirit. To be a witness to the world around us. So uh, the Moses model... Is like uh, basically where, you know, and you guys know what I'm talking about, where there's a select few who really, really know God, and they're like the God men and the God women. They're the ones who actually do the work. They do the ministry. You hear them every Sunday. You, uh, they're the ones who actually, they're going out, they're sharing the gospel, and everybody else just kind of listens to the stories, right? You know what I mean? Or they just kind of like live actually vicariously through their relationship with the Lord. Man, God is a jealous God, and he doesn't want his kids to be living through another kid. He wants you. He is, he is, the cross was for you, right? So this Moses model is over, and for some reason, man, the flesh, sin, just kind of like gravitates this old model, you know, and um, ever since the Reformation, basically, that's been being restored, and I really believe it's it's in these last, in this last season or whatever, who knows when, you know, the last day is, but like in this last season, it's going to accelerate more and more, and so, um, you know, th- this is the old model here, Moses. Uh, model Exodus twenty nineteen. This is what it says. Then they said to Moses, 
This is the Israelites. Speak to us yourself and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Do you see the difference there? That is happening today in church. There are a lot of churches out there, unfortunately, where they're like, Pastor, Pastor, listen, ask God. Tell me what he's saying. Because you go talk to him and you tell me what he says and then you come tell me. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, we've all done that. We've all done it. Like, man, I've been praying for this thing forever. Man, Pastor, you've got to tell me. Ask the Lord for me, you know. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing that, you know. But when that is like you, you do it every single time, there's something wrong with that. <laughs> you know, as we were growing and as we were, as we were like maturing in our faith, we should become less and less dependent necessarily on like the people that are discipling us around us. And more and more kind of the, a shift of dependency goes to the Lord, right? As you mature. All right. So the, the Joshua model is very different. It's very different. And uh, I think the, the two, two models can be really uh, shown through, you know, Exodus 33, 11, I, I talked about before. This was the key here. So the Lord would speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks with his friend. And here's the key. And when Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. What's significant about that? This just seems like this little, like tag on to the end of that verse. Yeah, Moses he went off, and then you know Moses, and then Joshua he just kind of hung around afterwards. What's significant about that verse? That little piece of that verse. What do you guys think? Let me read it again. Moses returned to camp. He left the tent of meeting. And his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. The anointing presence, yeah, yeah. Boom. He wanted to know God for himself. He was not satisfied with knowing God through another man. This is key. This is the complete ma massive difference between the two, the two models, and really the two covenants. You know, God wants us to know him for ourselves. He doesn't want us to know him through other people. I mean, he does, but not solely. You know what I mean? I mean, we are encouraged when we hear, I'm encouraged when I hear Lonnie share stuff that he's experienced with the Lord and stuff like that. But I don't end there. When I hear Rick Joyner or you know Bob Jones, when he would have these encounters with the Lord and he'd share them with us, I was just you know I wasn't kind of like oh yeah yeah tell like I was if anything it made me even more jealous to want to know God more. I want to know God more like that. I want to know I want to hear His voice clearly like Bob Jones is hearing His voice. If anything, the stories of our relationship with the Lord, one another, should encourage us to go even deeper in Him. Does that make sense? That's the Joshua model. Joshua was not satisfied with having relationship through another man. He wanted to know God for himself. He wanted to speak to God face to face as a man speaks with a friend. He saw Moses doing it, and he wanted it. 
That's the heart of and that pleased God. And I believe that is why he was chosen then to lead into the promised land. Because he understood the heart of God. Because that was God's heart for him. He wanted his people to be all prophets and for them all to have the spirit on them. Does that make sense? And I want to talk about this. You know, prophetic, it is the key. I just have two points here about the prophetic is key to this shift from going from this Joshua, from the Moses model to the Joshua model. And, you know, we talk about it every time I'm up here. You guys hear me, uh, like, just blabber on about this. You know, it's all about relationship, personal relationship with Jesus, the intimacy. God is jealous for us, and he wants that so bad. He wanted it so bad. The cross. That's all I can say. The cross. Watch the passion of Christ. The purpose of all of that, because he was jealous for you. He longs to be in relationship with his kids. And obviously he had to deal with sin, the thing that was separating us from that intimacy. All right. So the prophetic gifts, they enable that dialogue with God. You know, your level of relationship is, is really determined of the level of communication that you have with somebody. It's the same with the, with the Lord. You know, you might say you know somebody, but how much do you actually talk to them? How much do you actually interact with them? That's really how much you know somebody. And we have this invitation that we can now, under this new covenant, talk to the Lord face-to-face as a man speaks with a friend. Because in 1 Corinthians, it talks about that we have a greater covenant than Moses. A greater covenant. We can enter into the Holy of Holies anytime we want. They could only go in once a year and only one guy. And he was, most of the time, probably afraid of getting struck dead. (laughs) And we have access to it any day, any minute, every day, we have access to the Holy of Holies because of the blood of the Lamb. All right. So the prophetic's awesome in how it does that. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm not necessarily just talking about the prophetic and the prophetic gifts. I'm talking about hearing God's voice, understanding, recognizing Him speaking to you. You know, if our relationship with God is the most important thing in life, the prophetic gifting enables us to know God better. So if the prophetic helps us to know God better and we're called to know God intimately and everything comes out of that intimate relationship, fruit comes out of intimacy, right? Then we should really be focusing on the prophetic. Does that make sense? And I'm not talking about just, hear me out on it. I'm not just saying, let's just focus on the gifts. And I love the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we are supposed to earnestly desire those things. But I'm talking more than just the gifts. I'm talking about intimacy. I'm talking about relationship. You know, when I hear the voice of God, when he speaks to me, I love it. I don't love it just because, wow, it doesn't just because it wows me. I love it because of the intimacy that I experience with him. You see the difference? Now, I love being wowed by God. I mean, it's awesome. But really, man, I love when I hear his voice and he's talking just to me. 
That's the kind of God we serve. He wants to do that with all of us. He wants that type of intimacy with you. He wants it more than you do. <laughs> that encourages me all the time because sometimes I'm praying like, God, where are you? I don't know where you are. And he just kind of encourages me. He's like, Paul, I want to be closer to you than you want to be closer to me. And if I'm God of the universe, what's, what can get in the way? You know what I'm saying? All right. So prophetic is, is key to that in that sense. So number two, um, so number one, personal relationship. Number two, our relationship with the world. God wants to use us in the prophetic to reconcile the world to himself. You know, because then we've talked about this over and over again. Healthy ministry will flow out as a natural byproduct of our intimacy with Jesus. It'll be natural. You spend time with Jesus, you will not help spill out in the world around you. What did they say about, was it Peter and John? When they, they were brought before the, it might have been James, when they were brought before you know the Pharisees and stuff like that? Do you remember that in the Acts? And they were said, they recognized that they had been with Jesus. How powerful is that? You get alone with God. You experience him for yourself. The people around you that you're planted around, they will recognize this dude. There's something wrong with this <laughs> or something different. He's not like anybody else. They're going to recognize Jesus in you. All right. And, you know, so the Lord wants us to be his voice where he has planted us and to be a blessing to all of those around us. A lot of times we just think ministry just happens in this four, in the four walls here. And you guys have heard that old spiel about, you know, the church has no walls. And I mean, but really they don't. The church isn't necessarily a building. It's, it's a group of people. We're the church. And wherever God plants you in your job, in your neighborhood, in your family, that's where ministry's supposed to be overflowing. It's supposed to overflow here. We're supposed to minister one another. People come in all the time to get ministry to, you know, in our church meetings, and that's awesome. But really, it's supposed to be happening where we're planted. And... Um, and it probably does, whether you know it or not. If you're spending time with Jesus, I guarantee you it's flowing out. Um, but he wants, to, he wants to use us to be his voice. You know, so why did people go to the temple in the Old Testament? That's a simple question. What do you guys think? Why did, why did people go to the temple in the Old Testament? That's where they could meet God, right? Where, what happened to that temple? What happened to the temple that they used to go meet God with? It's destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, and, and exactly right. 1 Corinthians six nineteen. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought for a price, therefore glorify God in your body. The new covenant, in this new covenant, God allows 
the stationary temple to be destroyed, and he makes his people mobile temples. So instead of people going to, going to a temple to meet with God, the temple is actually going to them. Does that make sense? God is reaching out to the world through us, his temples. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. If, you have, if you're born again, the Holy Spirit is living inside of you. And people are no longer going to a place to go find God. God is sending us for them to find God. 2 Corinthians 5.20, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So whenever we prophesy to those around us, whenever we share what God's saying to those around us, it's like we're literally saying, be reconciled to God. God loves you. He desires for you to be reconciled with him, to have an intimate relationship with him. And that's what the prophetic does. I mean, it's, that's why the prophetic is so awesome. That's why God said, you know, when I pour out my spirit, you're going to be prophesying. You know? When I pour out my spirit, you're going to dream dreams. You're going to operate in the prophetic. This intimacy with God is going to be reestablished. And, and through that intimacy and through your dialogue, you're going to be reconciling the world. I can tell you guys, you know, a bunch of God's stories or whatever. I, I, but this, this one really kind of, when I was asking, you know, the Lord about it, just kind of brought to remember. It's like, I remember one time uh, at my, my work, uh, there was this one dude, and, uh, and, and, and I'll be honest, he, he, was kind of, he was pretty rough, pretty rough around the edges. And, uh, and everybody had problems with this guy. And, uh, you know, I'd pray for this guy. I'd be like, Lord, give me a heart for this guy. He's really, he's hard to like. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you guys. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. You have, I'm sure you have people like that in your life. And I was like, man, this guy, he's tough. And, uh, and I remember one day, I mean, he was just kind of, he would open up to me. And I knew it was the Lord. He would just begin to open up and kind of share about his life and stuff. And he would share, he would complain, constantly complain about his wife. And I'll be honest, I just I couldn't handle it. I was like, man, it's, ugh, I just can't. It's making me not like you even more, dude. <laughs> he just blamed, he blamed everything on his wife. He never took ownership. And I just remember one time we were, uh, you know, we were at work, and I just remember like he was just just bad mouthing his wife, just complaining about his wife. And I was just asking the Lord, I was like, Lord, help me. <laughs> what do I do? How can I help this guy? You know, and uh, immediately it popped in my, my heart, you know, I, uh, that, that literally this, this thought pops in my heart. The reason he's acting this way uh, is because and we, the reason why his wife is acting this way towards him is because she's angry because of an abortion that was that he kind of persuaded her to have. I was like, oh, gosh, that's rough. You know, I was like, how do I communicate this in love? <laughs> and, uh, 
And I'll be honest, I, I was I was a little just kind of like, oh gosh, what? How do I do this? And I just felt like the Lord was just saying, just say it to him, just say it, just just tell him, speak the truth in love. So I just said, hey man, and I was trying not to be weird about it, you know, um, but I was like, hey, he knew I was a Christian. I mean, you know, and I was like, the reason why your wife is angry towards you and is constantly causing strife in your life is because you had persuaded her to have an abortion. She didn't want to have it. She wanted to have kids. His jaw drops. And, uh, and he's just kind of like, how did you know that? And he got kind of angry, you know? And I was like, the Lord just told me. And he was just like, what? And I have not told, nobody knows this. Nobody knew this, not even his family. And um, I was like, oh, God, what do I do now? <laughs> and, um, but the Lord gave me words to just encourage him and to like, and, and really use that opportunity to do the same thing of like, hey, God shared that with me because he knows everything about your life. And he's saying, be reconciled to him. This guy wasn't a believer. And um, I don't know, I probably didn't say those exact words, but in general, that's why the Lord was giving me stuff about that, you know? I didn't know what to say. <laughs> it was only the Holy Spirit, honestly. And, uh, and it just opened this thing up in our relationship where I was able to share. His heart was so open to hear now. And uh, he eventually got saved and walked, was walking with the Lord. And, um, but, like, it didn't, start, it didn't start that he didn't, like, fall on his face and, like, you know. But like, um, but he needed to hear that his father knew knows his situation, and he and he still loves him, and he's thinking about him, thinking about him so much that he's planting temples of God in his life for him to meet with him. Does that make sense? We. You and I, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. You were bought with the price so that the Holy Spirit could come and live inside of you so that wherever you're planted, the Holy Spirit leaks out. <laughs> and he touches people, and people meet with God. Does that make sense? Now, that was a crazy, dramatic story or whatever. Like, I'm still, wow, like, God, you're, it was only God. Because <laughs> I, I was a little just... I didn't like the guy, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I was trying, you know, but really I didn't have the heart of the father for this guy until actually I gave that word and I, it just kind of broke my heart too. And, um, but God wants to use you, me. He wants you to know him intimately and in your dialogue and, your, in the, and through the prophetic relationship that you have with him, he wants you, where you're planted, to say, be reconciled to God. This is what God thinks about you. This is what he's saying in your life. Sometimes it's not pretty. I mean, that one was not a pretty word. I'll be honest, that was probably one of the hardest prophetic words I've ever had to give. And, uh, but I'm glad I did. Because now he's a believer. You know, not because just of that, because multiple people started sowing into his life. It was really, it was all God. It was all God. He had his heart. He loved that guy. 
And he loves the, guy, loves the people that, that you're planted around, and it's not an accident who you're planted around. So start praying for them. Start asking the Lord to give you prophetic dreams for them. Start asking the Lord to get, Lord, what are you saying? What, how do you think about these people? And step out. <laughs> step out. Try. The Bible says, John 10, 4, remember? 10, 4, good buddy. If you hear God's voice, if you are his sheep, you know his voice. It is a promise that you can take to the bank. If you are a sheep. So yeah, so you, you guys might wonder what, why do you guys, man, morning start, why do you guys always focus on the prophetic? I'm so sick of hearing about the prophetic. This is why. Because prophetic, the, the prophetic gifting, because the prophetic life is intimacy. It's intimacy with him. And that was the goal of the cross. So coming back to like where we started, I know, sorry, I kind of took you guys a little bit on a little rabbit trail through there. Um, God wants us to be equipped to do the work of the ministry. He wants us to be able to hear God's voice. He wants us to be able to walk in power and in love. And to do that, we can actually practice it. And, um, and we've done things in the past over the years of how to like equip the body to be able to practice hearing God's voice and ministering God's voice. And we're going to start doing that here. We're actually looking at a time frame, probably March area. We, we will, we're still praying about the Lord to kind of give us like uh, the strategy for it, but we're, we're going to probably have some kind of equipping meeting where we'll be able to like have like a short teaching type stuff, and then we'll actually practice, uh, you know, hearing from God. And because uh, that's how you get equipped. The only way I've learned how to hear God's voice is by like doing it over and 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 over again. <laughs> Just like, and you guys know this, this, you know, the model I talk about all the time with like my wife. When I first met my wife, when, when she called me on the phone, like the first week, I still had to be like, hey, this is Paul. And she'd be like, and she would have to say, hey, this is Heather, because I still didn't recognize her voice yet. But is that over years, over months of hear, me hearing her voice, I, when she called and said, hey, Paul, I knew it was Heather. The same thing is with the Lord. The more you spend time with him, the more you interact with him, the more you step out, you will know his voice. You will recognize his voice. Okay? All right. That's what we believe is God's strategy. And I only want to do what God's doing because, you know, we labor in vain if the Lord doesn't build the house kind of deal. And uh, I know it's his heart for us. You know, we as a church are called to equip even the city to do the work of the ministry as well. And, and that's why we were talking about maybe even having those meetings open to other churches, uh, just anybody who wants to know how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and in his love and, um, and, and practically do it, you know. Um, so that, that's, that's kind of... Um, that's what God wants to do this year. He wants to reap a harvest. He's been sowing for a long time through you guys. And he, he, wants, to, he wants us to start reaping a harvest. And um, so I encourage you guys, keep your eyes open. <laughs> See what he's doing to the, with the people around you. Look for opportunities. Be asking him in your, in your relationship with the Lord. Ask him, Lord, what are you doing in this person's life? How can I help them be reconciled to you? 
Is that cool? All right. Well, um, here, let's pray. And we're just going to ask the Lord uh, just for this all, an awesome grace for this. Lord, we just thank you that your heart is for the lost, Lord. Your heart, you want them to be reconciled to you. Lord, give us your heart for the lost. Specifically those that you've planted around us, God, on purpose. And I just pray right now, Lord, that you would empower us by your Holy Spirit to be a witness. To be able to share and communicate your heart for these people. Lord, I pray there would be a grace and an outpouring of power of your Holy Spirit to prophesy. Lord, I pray that we would dream dreams. Lord, I pray there, there would be just be that ease of what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, Lord, where the, your Holy Spirit would come and bring conviction of sin, Lord. That, Lord, we, we're looking to you, helper, Holy Spirit, your help, you're our helper that there be a conviction, a supernatural conviction of sin by the Holy Spirit to those around us to open the door, Lord, for them to hear the message and receive the message of, re of re reconciliation, Lord, the good news, the gospel of this kingdom. So, Father God, I just thank you that you're inviting us into this intimate relationship with you. I just encourage you right now, if you're hungry for just to go deeper in your relationship with him. Just begin to, just tell him right now. Just tell him, Lord, I want to know you more. I want to know you more. I want to get intimately acquainted with your ways, Lord. I want to know exactly who you are, why you do things, God. You said that we are no longer servants, Lord, but now you're calling us friends and you share with us what the Father's doing because we're your friends. That you share your secrets with us. Lord, begin to share your secrets about the people that we're planted around, Lord. And Lord, give us the boldness and empower us to share these, your heart with the people that, are, that we're planted around, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're, you're Lord over our workplace. You're Lord over our household. Lord, you're Lord over Wilmington. You're Lord wherever we go. We are ambassadors bringing your kingdom, and you're king and you're Lord wherever we go. So, Lord, we just pray that we would just see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.